This is Digging in the Dirt with Kevin Gallagher, where Kevin and his guests dig a little deeper into today's issues surrounding the environment, farming, gardening, and food. My guest today is Harry Hansen. Mr. Hansen is Director of Winemaking for Gloria Ferrer Winery. He has worked 30-plus years in the California wine industry, making many sparkling and still wines. Gloria Ferrer was the first sparkling winery in Canero, Sonoma. Welcome, Mr. Hansen. Welcome to you. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate being on. Oh, that's nice. I'm, I'm curious to find out all about wine. You know, we, my wife and I celebrated our 48th year together, 38 years married, and we drank a bottle of one of your wines. <laughs> Gloria Fantastic. Ferrer. Fantastic. Glad yeah. to hear. Yeah, it was nice. <laughs> nice to be one of the few that can say you've been with a woman for 48 years. <laughs> I'm a newlywed. I've got 36. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very good. Well, Gloria Ferrer has a long history with the Spanish wine industry. Why did they pick the Caneros in California as a place to have a vineyard? The Ferrer family, as you mentioned, has a number of years, over a century in Spain, of making cava and other wines. It had been a family dream of theirs for a couple of generations to have a winery in the United States and be able to have that opening uh, to the American market. Pedro uh, Ferrer, uh, the grandfather of the current Pedro Ferrer, had looked at the American market and saw the opportunity to sell wines, but direct export to the United States wasn't possible at the time. This was during the Spanish Civil War in the early 30s. So his son, Jose, came to the United States in the early 80s looking for property and an opportunity to, to build that winery that his father had wanted to. And, of course, Jose's son, Pedro, who is our current president, uh, got the opportunity to come over and manage the winery that his father had built here. It was very much a family story. The Ferrers did have the vision, however, to not bring their traditional Spanish grapes over here. Their vision included a more luxury approach to winemaking and more traditional French-based grapes, Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. Mm -hmm. So speaking of the French, this, maybe we should talk to the uneducated about, you know, briefly why your wines are called sparkling wines they can't be called champagne because the french are so protective of the champagne process maybe you can explain that to us sure in its simplest terms champagne is an appellation uh, i know everybody in the united states uses it as a wine type but in the world of international commerce it's an appellation it's a protected name simple as that so whatever we make in california needs to be called something else, and sparkling wine is what we've settled on. The Spanish call theirs cava. So what makes Gloria Ferrero's sparkling wine stand out? I think uh, several things, really. The, the quality of our wines is very high. Our wines are primarily Pinot Noir-based. Uh, we have a Sonoma Brut and a Blanc de Noirs Rosé, which you enjoyed. Uh, and we also have a Blanc de Blanc, which is Chardonnay-based, uh, which is also available. So I read that you're using a regenerative model to take Gloria Ferrar into the next 40 years. What, what does that mean? What are you trying to do different? 
at its essence, a regenerative model is a mechanism for leaving this place better than we found it, which is to say, put more back into the soil, put more back into the site, uh, keep your footprints light. And that is what regeneration is about, is, is improving the site that we're on from an environmental point of view. There are three areas that generally I think about when I think about our sustainability program. Our original certification in 2017 uh, with the Sustainable Wine Growing Alliance here in California, our adoption of our organic farming methods in 2021, and our membership in the IWCA or International Wineries for Climate Action in 2022. You know, what does it mean? I mean, when you say you're you're working with the soil, this I do a show called Digging in the Dirt. We're all interested in growing sure. and amendments and stuff. So you can probably tell us a few things that we'll be familiar with. About what what does it mean in the world of growing grapes? Well, our membership in the California Sustainable Wine Growing Alliance means we take certain steps to protect the environment or conserve resources and maintain the long-term viability of agricultural lands, take care of the economic and social well-being of our farm and our winery, respect our neighbors, participate and support the local communities. And it has a key thing in it that I like, which is continuous improvement. If you want membership next year, you have to, you have to raise the bar every year. Hmm. In 2021, though, we, we became a little impatient with the pace of improvement, and we went to, as I mentioned, to organic farming methods. So we just abandoned herbicides altogether. Uh, we abandoned synthetic pesticides altogether, and we started a number of practices that are probably of interest to your listeners. A lot of composting, all the grapes, all the stems, uh, all of the vines, that we might pull out, everything is composted. And the advantage of the compost, which we return to the vineyard and with it, the organic fertilizers, is to have a really slow integration into the soil and a slow release to the vine. So unlike chemical fertilizers that give you like a caffeine jag and then drop you, mm -hmm. uh, these release to the vine over the course of the year. So it's great for the soil and it's also great for the vines because they can sustain their, their health during the whole growing season. In addition with our organic farming, we've engaged in a number of practices to improve habitat. We stopped using synthetic pesticides, yes, but that doesn't mean pests go away. So We've started growing certain plants on the margins of our vineyard so that they can become insectiaries, places where insects like lacewings perhaps can overwinter because it does get cold here in California. We put up a lot of bird boxes, nests for bluebirds, nests for owls. We have raptor roosts for the local hawks and even some golden eagles. And we put up bat housing as well because bats are so good at eating insects. So what we've tried to do is, is it's not just about abandoning the use of chemicals. It's about promoting the use of the right kinds of insects in the vineyard. Cool. That's, I mean, that's so good to hear. I mean, and it, 
it, it makes sense to use Mother Nature to help you take care of some of your pest problems. What what kind of pest problems do grapes have? What are the main concerns with grapes? So the ones that we have on, on leaves and on vines would include mites. Usually you find them in dust, but when the pickup truck drives by, they become airborne, right? Right. And they land on leaves. So mites are a problem. Uh, another problem we have is, is mealybugs. And the significance of mealybugs is that they're a vector for certain viruses that can infect the plant. In order to control for the virus, you need to control for the mealybug. And I can't remember the number. There are seven or maybe nine types of mealybug in California. And some of them are, are downright nasty. They'll, they'll light on the vine and they'll begin to suck the sap out of it. Yeah, I always worry about that with my tomatoes and aphids, so I, I, I can relate. It's a similar sort of a situation, yes. Yeah. So what do you do with the, that, with the mites, just as an example, briefly? Well, mites, of course, you know, they land on the leaves and they would also suck sap out of the leaves. Um, we're still, as an organic farmer, we still use sulfur dust. Uh, we still use mineral oil. Those are, are certified organic. And they'll provide some control over insects like mites, but not not enough. So lacewings, ladybugs, we actually can purchase some of these now and release them into the vineyard. And then we're careful, as I mentioned, to provide insectiary type conditions on the margin of the vineyard. So when winter comes, they can go back uh, and the adults can overwinter on the side of the vineyard. And in the spring, when things leaf out, they can come back. And that provides us a lot of control. Yeah, are you seeing good results with that kind of practice? We are. We are. Um, you know, you don't get rid of everything because nature's a balance, right? Yeah, sure. So you tolerate a certain level. I have a report from the vineyard last week that shows we have a few mites, but nobody found mealybugs yet. I feel good about that. <laughs> good news. But the mealybugs come out a little later. <laughs> <laughs> So are they big feeders, uh, your, your vines? Uh, do, you, do you have to feed them on a regular basis? And what do you feed them? In terms of organic fertilizer, uh, we generally have fertilizer, which is made from uh, manures, either chicken or, or cattle manure. Uh, also, you know, they would have uh, gypsum as a calcium source, natural potassium sources, most of this is applied through drip irrigation. So these things have to be obviously filtered before you push them through. But the easy way to apply it to every vine, when you're thinking about a thousand vines in an acre, the easiest way is, is to drip it onto the vines and then water it, water it in. That makes sense to me. We're talking to Harry Hansen. He's the main grower at the Gloria Ferrer Winery. He is uh, knowledgeable about his wines and makes a very good sparkling wine. In fact, uh, he's going to be coming to our area in June. 
and it's for the Festival of Arts and Ideas Festival that is happening that week of June 15th, and they'll be hosting a dinner at Zinc Restaurant. And I understand you'll be pouring the 2017 Gloria Ferrer Brut Rosé. It's a small batch limited edition charity wine. What can you tell us about that wine? So yes, it's a small batch wine. The charity is uh, for first responders. Every community had its share of stress over the past few years between climate change or or what have you. In California, we've had fires. New York's had the subway flood and some other things. Uh, Florida's had its share of hurricanes of late. So every part of this country depends on first responders. Gloria Ferrer has donated $50,000 to this charity, and we continue to sell this wine. It comes in a beautiful white box. It has all of the information about the charity on the outside of the box. It's a light rosé wine, very refreshing, beautiful fruit, nice soft bowls. What a way to honor the people that come to help us all out when we're in our time of need. That's really great of your winery. Um, in fact, you know, WPK and my radio station will have a pair of tickets for the event that we're going to offer to some lucky listeners who grab them up as a premium to support our listener-supported radio station. So we we can thank you for some of that, I'm sure. Uh, but we'll have more late, later on about that premium that will be available. Mr. Hansen, I, I can't let you go without asking you about climate change. How is it affecting your best practices? Are you concerned about the planet warming and affecting your business? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Um, Climate change has made us adjust what we're doing in certain ways. Um, You know, we used to have fellas called vertical shoot position, VSP. You might be familiar with it. Uh, The idea is that all the canes are guided through a couple pairs of wires uh, into a position that would be straight up so that the you know, all the canes and leaves point straight up and, and the fruit hangs down below. We really can't do that the same way that we did a generation ago because we, the fruit might get sunburned and sunburn creates bitterness in the wines. So what we've done is we've relaxed that trellising so that the fruit gets late morning and early afternoon shade, I'd say probably between 10 and 4. We don't have the fruit in the shade. Now, color doesn't develop, flavor doesn't develop if you don't have some solar exposure of the fruit. But it's like going to the beach. There's only so much sun one should have. and too much will leave you burned. We've looked at row orientation as a way of getting more shade on the fruit during key parts of the day. Um, I mentioned we've been using compost and that helps to adjust the water capacity of the soil, water holding capacity. As a winemaker, I've pulled back a little bit on what we used to call physiological ripeness and pick the grapes a little bit earlier. That leads to improved acidity as well as avoiding sunburn. We haven't got to the point where I would change varietals. Pinot Noir and Chardonnay still work for us, but 
I do favor Chardonnay a little bit more than I used to because it seems to hold its acidity better. Are you worried that this is going to get worse and worse and that you're going to... Wouldn't it be better for us as a planet, as a peoples, uh, to try to address this this problem rather than try to fix our problems in the field? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's no argument with that. Um, all these adjustments cost a company money. And it's always, you know, it's always more profitable to have business as usual, or generally speaking, anyway. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the truth of the matter is that it will probably keep changing for the foreseeable future. You think that yeah, the people in your organizations are, are getting to the point where they're they're trying to push maybe their governments and to try to mitigate this before it gets out of hand? Yes, absolutely. Here in California, the wine industry has pretty good pull with the state, and, and I'm sure we have the governor's error on this one. Very good. Well, we've been speaking to Harry Hansen. He's Senior Vice President of Wine Growing and Winemaking at Gloria Ferreira Winery. And I appreciate you coming aboard and telling us about this. It was very interesting, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you, Kevin. Now I'd like to introduce my friend, Doug McLeod from Freshnet Mionetta USA. He's here to tell us about this premium that I was talking about in my interview with Harry Hansen. Uh, it sounds really exciting, Doug. What, what is going on with this dinner up in New Haven? Well, everything's going on in New Haven right now. It's uh, it's um, Arts and Idea Fest. It's the International Festival of Arts and Ideas. And we have Harry Hansen, who's the Senior Vice President, uh, winemaker, um, wine grower at Gloria Ferrer in Sonoma Valley in California. So uh, so a little bit of Sonoma Valley is coming to the Guilford Green. And what is he going to be doing? And this dinner is at a particular restaurant? Uh, well, yes, it's going to be at uh, Zinc Restaurant, which is kind of famed for its um, blend of American uh, food, fusion American food. And um, and uh, Gloria Ferrer produces sparkling wine, which uh, is the perfect foil for all sorts of um, you know, different you know, cuisine. So it's on uh, June 15th. So it just, you know, just a couple days from now. And um, and yeah, uh, Zinc Restaurant is uh, is uh, giving away a uh, dinner for two to uh, to the uh, winemaker dinner, the Gloria Ferrer uh, dinner with uh, with Harry Hansen. So if anybody's um, you know loves wine or loves sparkling wine specifically, then this is you know this is um, this is a big night out for them. Yeah, it sounds good. I mean, this is a like a three hundred dollar ticket, right, for a pair two people to go to this dinner. Yeah, I mean it, it is. It's a big night because uh, you know it's a um, it's a uh, like five course dinner with um, with four uh, of California's best sparkling wines, starting with um, the Sonoma Brut um, Classic um, from Gloria Ferrer Blanc de Blanc, you know, which is all white grapes, which you know, made one hundred percent Chardonnay, uh, the Blanc de Noir Rosé. Uh, it's actually a special cuvee, which is a winery release uh, only. Um, only 200 cases have come from California uh, for, um, you know, for Arts and Ideas Festival. And then um, and then we're going to finish with um, uh, something that's really sublime. It's called the Caneros Cuvee uh, from Gloria Ferrer, only produced in uh, Outstanding Vintages. We're going to be drinking the 2010 at the dinner. So, oh, very nice. So it's, you know, it's that's a 
a 23 year old um sparkling wine from california it's uh it's extraordinary yeah harry's talking about the difference between the sparkling wine and the champagne name and and also all the different things they go through uh, organically so it sounds like a, a really good evening uh, a meal and all this wine and it's sold out i understand but we have a pair of tickets for a 300 dollars donation to wpkn am i right yeah, I mean, it, you know, that's that's what makes it kind of cool. It's like, you know, it's like, you know, is the scarcity value of it. I mean, it's a, you know, it, it's, um, you know, it really is a uh, a very intimate dinner. You know, the two people who are, are coming along, you know, with us, I think probably we're going to walk across the street, you know, and, um, you know, and take, you know, and take in the festival, you know, which will just be, you know, on the green just across from um, the uh, the restaurant. So it'll be very it'll be cool. Kind of a, you know, night of you know, music, food and wine. Sure. And, you know, it's easy to uh, drop $300 these days if you go out to a fancy restaurant. So this is not like above board. And the good thing is that the, all the money uh, that is donated here for the meal goes to WPKN in this particular pair I, of tickets. Kevin, I was looking at uh, I was looking at a, uh, you know, a, a kind of real bougie um, uh, dinner with my wife. You just you just had a um, uh, an anniversary. Congratulations, thank you, you, you and your wife. My my wife and I also just celebrated an anniversary. And I was looking at um, going, getting the set menu at Ocean House um, in Rhode Island, and um, you know it was like a hundred. I'm thinking a hundred and eighty five dollars a head. You know, you know, sure. Uh, you know, it's it's. You know, it's an experience. It really is an experience. It is. It is. And it goes to a good cause, WPKN, you know, and you have a really great night out with your significant other and enjoy food and wine. It sounds really good. And thanks for setting that all up, Doug. And uh, thanks for helping out WPKN with it this. It is my pleasure. I look forward to meeting everybody, you know, who can um, who can come to the dinner. If anybody's interested in this, there are people waiting for phone calls. So, I mean, this is going to get snapped up and this is being played before fundraising starts next week. We want to lock this all up and get somebody who is really interested in going to this dinner and trying out this tasting and uh, this meal. It's, again, $300 donation to WPKN and you get a pair of tickets to go to see uh, this uh, event and have dinner at Zinc. Well, Doug, thank you so much for joining me here and explaining that after we just talked to Harry. It sounds like a, a wonderful event and uh, look forward to having somebody snap up these tickets. It'll pop. Thank Take you care. very much. Yeah, Talk see you now. later. Bye-bye. Bye.